Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. Yes, you heard me correctly. Our friends at DraftKings back supporting this show. We are so happy to have them as we kick off this segment, our first of the 2022 U.S. Open. Of course, our plan for the next two weeks to offer picks to all of you listeners each and every day. I'll run through the board of singles matches we have available, try to find value, whether it be via a money line, via a game spread, via a parlay I'm able to come up with. We'll run through all of the options, of course. I am going to change the format slightly. Rather than divide this show by category, go through money lines, then game spreads, then over-unders, then the parlays, I'm just going to get to my aces of the day directly. I'll offer my explanation for each of my picks to start this show, then we'll get into to the day's matches as I have plenty of thoughts that I'm not quite confident enough in to act upon. Nevertheless, I would love to share with all of you listeners and of course by going through all of the matches on the day, hopefully it offers some sort of preview to what all of you listeners can expect to unfold on the court. But again, we are so excited to be back here launching this GSP Ace of the Day segment once again. I have certainly been working on my craft as I have been a part of Tennis Channel's Hitting Winners segment where you know we go through many of the day's matches. We've done it over the course of the past four weeks. I think I'm something like 22 and 8 or 22 and 9. So hopefully I didn't waste all of my juju more than anything else. I view it as opportunities to refine my craft. Hopefully I have gotten smarter in how I make my picks. Hopefully all of you listeners will be able to capitalize on that information. As always, let's start with some goals. You know, anything above 50% I consider a victory, but I, th- I really do think we can hit 60% at this 2022 U.S. Open. God knows we've had nine months of consecutive action. If you haven't learned anything from the season by this point where, you know, you're in trouble uh, if you're trying to make picks like these. So I'm shooting for a 60% win-loss percentage. I'm also shooting, we'll say, plus seven units. Maybe that'll rise. Maybe that'll fall depending on how the two weeks go. But for now, we're going to say up Anything beyond plus seven units at the end of the tournament, we'll consider that a successful two weeks in New York. Of course, the reason we're able to launch these Ace of the Day segments where we preview every day of this 2022 U.S. Open is because of the support we get from all of you listeners. And again, because of the support we get from our friends at DraftKings who are offering quite the deal to kick off this 2022 U.S. Open. All you got to do, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook when you make your first pick, use our promo code AOD, obviously, an acronym for ACE of the day. You know we love a good acronym here at Crack Rackets and in the tennis world. Use that promo code AOD. All you have to do is bet $1 of your own money. You'll get $100 in free bets moving forward. Again, that's promo code AOD. You bet $1 to get $100 in free bets courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. Obviously, restrictions do apply depending on where you live, but use that promo code AOD, bet $1, get $100 in free bets, get in on the action yourself. Let's make some money during this 2022 U.S. Open, the final slam of the 2022 tennis season. With that said, again, 
Going to get right into my pick. 64 singles matches to choose from. Days one, two, three, four. Always chaotic with so much tennis being played. If you're watching 16 matches at once, are you really watching anything? That said, here are five matches I think you should be watching. Five matches in particular I think you can find value in given the odds of them. Let's start with Alexandra Sasnovich, who I had the chance to watch quite a bit of during our week in Cleveland. Of course, Sasnovich was was the finalist at that 250 event before ultimately getting knocked out by eventual champion Ludmilla Samsonova, who, as we discussed in our draw preview, she was 65-1 to to win the tournament heading into Cleveland, the tournament meaning to win the U.S. Open. She was 65-1. to She's now 15-1, to sixth best odds in the tournament. The rise of Ludmilla Samsonova, precipitous and dramatic indeed. You look for Sastovich last week, good wins over a couple of grinders, Cerebez Tormo, Branger, Branger, Brangle, hey, great shot, leave it in. Cerebras Tormo, Brangle, and Alize Cornet. Three players who don't have an overwhelming weapon. Three players who Sasnovich had to be disciplined against, but her well-rounded attacking on top of the baseline mindset uh, was able to ultimately be successful against. And given the perception and seeming reality that these U.S. Open courts are playing a bit faster, I like the attacking nature of Sasnovich, someone who's comfortable moving forward, getting to the net, wants to be, again, inside the baseline, ending right rallies on her term. Does she have elite power? No, but great placement, great precision, does hit a flat, deeper ball. You know, she's probably 0.75. Belinda Bencic, a little bit better as a mover. Uh, I'm impressed with all things Alexandra Sasnovich, who you look overall on the season. She is having a career year. She's 33-17 and 17 now overall on the year. That's a career high for her in terms of single season victories on the WTA Tour. She's also 19-8 and eight on hard courts this season. And she's taking on someone in Elisabetta Cochiretto, who is certainly on the rise. She's certainly currently sitting at number 99 in the rankings. That's a career high for her. You look for her here in 2022. She's 33 and 14 overall, but just about all of that success came at the 60K or 80K level. You look for Cochiretto. She's 10 and 8 overall in tour-level matches this season. I believe you look at the three matches she won in qualifying to get into this U.S. Open. Obviously impressive to beat McNally and Osigwe and, you know, get herself into the main draw. But, you know, seven of her 18 matches at the tour level have come in qualifying this season. And you look for her overall. She's 4-3. and three on hard courts this year, has not played a lot of hard court tennis again. So much of her success at the ITF level, so much of her success on clay courts as well. You look for Cochirato, she's four and eight in her career against top 50 opponents. And given the speed of these US Open courts, given her lack of comfort on the faster surface, I think this is a perfect matchup for Sasnovich, who again is playing the best tennis of her career. Most wins in a single season. She's holding serve 67.4% of the time, while that's, you know, right around or slightly beneath the average of a top 50 player. That's a career high for her and, you know, 4.7% above her career average. She's also breaking serve 38.5% of the time, which is 2.4% above her career average and above the average of the top 50 players. So she's not quite a top 25 club member, but she would probably be one of 15 players to rank top 30 in both hold and break percentage. And again, that speaks to the well-rounded nature of Sasnovich's game. I don't think we're going to get a clunker from her after that outstanding week in Cleveland. I thought the courts in Cleveland played pretty quickly as well. And again, Cochiretto, 
bigger backswing, you know, on this quicker surface. She's not going to have enough um, as much time to get into her plays. She's not the great. She's not a terrible mover, but I, she the clay court. She's more comfortable moving on clay than hard courts. And you know, again, I just think the aggressive nature of Sasnovich's game. It's the most powerful weapon on the court. She's in better form of the two this season. Uh, she's played more tour level matches this season. Give me Alexandra Sasnovich, who by the way has also made a career high five quarterfinals at the tour level this season. Give me Sasnovich to advance. And I think she's going to do it comfortably as well. Now, you look for Alexandra Sasnovich. You could, if you want, throw her in a parlay. Sasnovich tomorrow, minus 245 over Cochiretto. That feels a little bit low. That's not as respectful of Cochiretto, uh, of Sasnovich's, excuse me, recent level of play. That said, again, given the lack of hardcore pedigree, lack of top 50 success of Cochiretto, rather than go with the money line, let's go with the game spread. Minus three and a half games, Sasnovich has to win 7-5-7-5 or 6-4-6-4 or better. More importantly, she really just has to win this match in straight sets. She does that. She covers the three and a half games. You get minus 135 odds if you do that. Those odds are better. And you look for us on day one, our... Only bet to have completed. Hit. We took Alex Diemenauer minus four and a half games, which in a three out of five set match, you just have to win in straight sets. He does that against Filip Krajinovich. I think Sasnovich is going to do the same against Kochiretto. So give me Sasnovich minus three and a half games over Kochiretto minus 135. We're going to put 1.35 units on that to win one in return. Yeah, it's a little juice at minus 135. But again, I'm feeling confident in Sasnovich's recent form, having seen her uh play against all week long in Cleveland, even in the loss against Samsonova. She didn't get frustrated. She stuck to her game plan. Just Samsonova was too good on that given day. I don't think Coach Hiretto is going to come even close to that level. And again, watching Sasnovich grind out the Cornets, the Brangles of the world. She's disciplined. She's confident. I think she takes this match. Minus three and a half games. Minus 135, 1.35 units to win one. That's ace of the day, number one. The ace I am secondly most confident in that was terrible grammar the ace i have the second most confidence in there we go uh belongs to carolina pliskova who takes on magda lynette tomorrow you look for carolina pliskova obviously had her biggest run of the season in toronto and what a one run it was straight set wins over anisimova and krachikova before three set victories over sakari and jung chin wen yes she was knocked out four and six by hadad maya in the semis but that was an extraordinary 6-4, 7-6 match. And you look for Pliskova on those quicker courts in Canada. It was the success she had on serve and, you know, wasn't broken against Anisimova. was broken only twice in a three-set match against Sakari. was broken only three times even in that loss against Haddad Maya. She's back to winning over 70% of her first serves. And when she's winning that and having that much success behind the first serve, again, she's a top 10, top 5 server in the women's game, can just play on her terms regardless of what her opponent is doing. Uh, obviously, you look for Carolina Pliskova has some serious points to defend here as well as she reached quarterfinals last year before getting knocked out by Sakari. You look for Pliskova, number 22 seed. I know, again, the record for her here in 2022. It's 15 and 14 overall, but she's been so much better since coming back from injury. And in particular, 
you know, three-set loss in San Jose to Anisimova. She got her revenge in Toronto immediately. Yes, she lost to Merton's second round in Cincy, but had played so much tennis in Canada. I'm going to give her a pass for that loss. The big thing in her matchup against Magda Lynette tomorrow is she's 6-1 and one in her career against Magda Lynette. And the last three matches they've played, 6-2-6-1 victories for Carolina Pliskova. All three of those matches were on hard courts. Now you look for Magda Lynette, she's 9-10 overall this year on hard courts. She's 1-9 in her career against top 50 opponents in the slams. I just don't think Magda Lynette, you know, again, Pliskova serve, her forehand, they're the biggest weapons on the court. What is Lynette going to do to disrupt that rhythm? Yeah, she moves well. Yeah, she changes directions well, but she can't do any, you know, it's a little bit harder for her to manufacture easy pace. And you look for Magda Lynette, who overall this season in tour level matches is actually holding a career high 70% of the time. Shout out to her, but is typically floating in that, you know, below average of a top 25 player in that 66 to 70 70% range and why I bring that up while she hits her spots well in the serve while her first serve can have good pace Pliskova is going to have chances to return freely and again I think Pliskova has served well enough over these past two weeks to feel more confident in her game even if it's not a 6-2-6-1 victory you can get Pliskova minus three and a half games tomorrow for minus 110 you know, minus three and a half games is just a 6-4, 6-4, or better victory. She really just has to win the match in straights. And again, her last three wins over Lynette have all been 6-2, 6-1. She's 6-1 in her career against Lynette. I'll say the stats again. Lynette, 1-9 in her career versus top 50s at the slams. You look for Magda Lynette in her career at the hardcourt slams. Not a ton of success for her at these events. Her best result at a hardcourt slam in her career. Uh, came actually just a third round appearance for her 2020 U.S. Open. She also made third round Australia in 2018. The only time she's beaten a seed at a hard court slam, she'd beat Daria Kasatkina back at the 2018 Australian Open. Look, Pliskova can come out shaky. And we know when the floor falls out for Pliskova, when she hasn't been serving well, that's when disaster strikes, and we've already seen on day one, Halep get knocked out, Kasakina get knocked out. But those are two players who rely on their fitness, who rely on their physicality to win matches. Pliskova relies on her serve, relies on her weapons, and these courts seem to be rewarding that fact. Again, I just don't know what Magda Lynette is going to do to hurt her consistently as such. Give me Carolina Pliskova to win comfortably tomorrow, and it's a surprisingly low money line. Carolina Pliskova tomorrow, only at uh, minus 215 odds. That feels like a bargain to just take her straight up to win and throw her in a parlay, but I think she wins pretty comfortably as well. And to get her, again, to have to just earn one break a set and hold on to that serve, minus 110, 110 to win one unit overall, that sounds like a win to me. Give me Pliskova to do just that. That is ace of the day number two. Now, aces of the day number three, four, and five, a little bit more on feel uh, than they will be on statistic and we statistics. Excuse me, and we can get into the numbers. Let's move on to ace of the day number three. It's our first and only parlay of the day. Now we're parlaying two game spreads as opposed to two money lines. Why are we doing that? Well, allow me to explain. Bernarda Pera. Minus three and a half games. Again, all she'd have to do is win in straight sets against Angelina Kalanina. Kalanina has been good, very good, over the course of the past two years. She's ascended into the top 50 rankings as such. But A, Kalanina has lost six of her last nine matches. 
B, Bernarda Pera has won 19 of her last 21. And watching Bernarda Pera play in Cleveland, if you don't have a weapon to hurt Pera with, you're just not going to beat her right now. She is playing such extraordinary tennis. And yeah, she doesn't have the highest ranked wins throughout the course of that 19-2 and run for her. But she's beating everyone she's supposed to beat. You know, the reason Samsonova blitzed her is because Samsonova plays with elite power. And if you can play with elite power, you can jam the body and expose the big backswings of Bernarda Pera. But that's not Kalanina. Kalanina's a grinder. Kalanina wants to play physical tennis. And if you give Pera enough opportunities, she's just playing such efficient tennis right now. She's relentless. Yes, these quick courts scare me, given, again, her backswings, but Kalanina as opponent is the perfect opponent for her to adjust to this surface. And, again, I thought Cleveland was playing pretty fast as well, and Para looked just fine there. It'll help her serve have just that much more pop on it. Give me Bernardo Para to beat Kalanina in straight sets. Again, Kalanina struggling, Para thriving. That's two players going in opposite directions. I think Para wins that one comfortably. I'm also going to take Brandon Nakashima to win in straight sets. And to do that, it's minus four and a half games as opposed to his minus 390 money line. Nakashima minus four and a half games. He's taken on Pavel Kotov. For Kotov, yes, he came through qualifying. Always impressive. Playing just his second Grand Slam main draw match of his career. Kotov also 1-5 in five in his career at the ATP level. 2-10 in 10 versus the top 100. Nakashima made third round Roland Garros. He also, of course, made fourth round at this year's Wimbledon. You look for Nakashima. Yes, he loses to Cam Nori in Canada, but a 4-4 four four loss to Cam Nori. No shame in that. 5-5 five five loss to Karatsev. I was at that match in Cincinnati. Karatsev played really, really smart, efficient tennis. I don't think Brandon played poorly. He just couldn't really hurt Karatsev as easily. It's not going to be as hard for him to do that against Pavel Kotov. And you look for Brandon Nakashima, what's allowed him to have the sort of year he has, where, of course, he rose into the top 50 for the first time in his career. He's just beating who he's supposed to beat. He's 32-8 and eight against opponents ranked outside the top 50 over the course of the past year. You look for him in first matches at events this season. Nakashima, 18-7 and seven overall, 14-2 and two when that opponent is ranked off outside the top 50. If you don't have an elite weapon, something you can hurt Brandon Nakashima with repeatedly, he's just going to beat you, and he's going to beat you out of, over the course of three out of five sets as well. And again, a minus four and a half spread All he really has to do is win in straight sets. And while Kotov certainly has some weapons, you look for Pavel Kotov, who, you know, won a couple of challengers earlier this season, has won three challengers in the past year, was holding serve over 80% of the time at the challenger level. You know, a lot of, I, I just, I don't trust Kotov's weapons to hold up over the course of three hours. And I just think, Again, I don't know how he's going to hurt Brandon consistently. And if you can't hurt Brandon consistently, Brandon will move forward on you. Brandon is not a guy with a glaring vulnerability in his game. And given Kotov's lack of ability to expose any vulnerability, uh, I do think Nakashima rolls through pretty comfortably. So... Nakashima minus four and a half games, Para minus three and a half games. Individually, they're minus 190 and minus 210 respectively. Parlayed together, it becomes plus 185. We're just finding value in two bets I feel fairly confident in, but individually just have too much juice for me. So again, I feel very confident that each of these bets are going to win individually, but because their values are poor, I am parlaying them to improve value. 
It is not because of renewed confidence or because I'm taking a swing for the fences. I am very confident in these, and the way to extract the most value out of them is to parlay them as such again. Nakashima, minus four and a half games over Kotov, parlayed with Para, minus three and a half games over Kalanina, plus 185. We'll throw a half unit on that to win 0.92. That's ace of the day number three. Ace of the day number four belongs to Mackie McDonald, minus four and a half games over Jao Sosa. Now, the numbers aren't great for either player. Mackey seven and eight at hardcourt and slam since at hardcourt slam since 2018. Five and three in first matches though, and two of those losses were to seeds. Now, obviously, he's not facing a seed in Jao Sosen. Look, Sousa's six and six in hardcourt matches this season. Five of those six wins came in his title run in Punai, India. And those courts, if you remember, early in the season played so incredibly slow. They were perfect for a guy like Sosa who wants to take a big cut on the forehand. But look, these these U.S. Open courts are playing fast. And I think that's advantage Mackey, who wants to hit that low flat ball, wants to be moving in as soon as possible in the rally, using his speed to beat you to the spot. Mackey's 9-4 and four in first matches on hard courts this season. Again, he's beaten who he's supposed to beat. That's how he's sustained a top 70, top 60 ranking. This is a match he has to win. And it helps that Mackey's 3-1 and one in his career against Jao Sosa. This is actually the fourth match they've played this season. 2-1 to one advantage to Mackey McDonald. I like Mackey to win this match. And given the surface, given Sosa's level on hard courts this year, I like Mackey to win this one comfortably. So again, this is a value play. Minus four and a half games in a three out of five set match. All Mackey has to do is win in straights. I think he's going to do just that. Minus 125. We're going to put 1.25 units on it to win one in return. And again, that's just given the surface. Neither guy's playing particularly great. Let's go with the guy with the track record. My last pick is a bit of a swing for the fences. And it involves an American who is always so captivating. And this match very likely is going to be the night match on Louis Armstrong tomorrow. Of course, I'm referring to Jack Sock, who's plus 160 tomorrow against Diego Schwartzman. Sock's last three slams, U.S. Open third round, Roland Garros qualies, Wimbledon third round. He's a big match performer. And you look for Jack Sock, 11-6 and six in his career in first round matches at hardcourt slams. He wins these. You know, again, this is Jack Sock prime time. And I think because I do think he will be the night match, you know, the conditions being a little bit cooler, certainly better for him. He's taking out on Diego Schwartzman, who's seven and six on hard courts this season. And you look for Schwartzman five and three in the first round at US Open in his career. Now those three losses, Djokovic, Delpo, and Nori. So you take it with a grain of salt. But I mentioned Sock eleven and six in first rounds at hard court slams. Schwartzman's eleven and five. So not the biggest difference between the two. Of course, Sox serve his forehand the biggest weapon on the court. The faster surface means he'll be that much more comfortable and more willing and probably have to move forward that much more. Again, you look for Diego Schwartzman, that his hard court results this season, they've just left a lot to be desired. Since the ATP Cup, a loss to O'Connell at the Australian Open, a loss to Ramos in Canada, two tough three-set wins before bowing out to Tsitsipas in Cincinnati. Yeah, he played better in Cincinnati, but you know it's been an inconsistent year for Schwartzman on the hard court side. I just think his ball has a little less sting from the baseline than it did a year or two years ago, certainly less 
than when he's on the clay courts. This is a nighttime funk happens in New York, and I'm going to make this match akin to the J.J. Wolf-Jack Sock, J.J. Wolf-RBA match we saw on day one. Wolf serve his forehand, proved to be the two biggest weapons on the court. The surface rewarded those weapons and made them more pronounced, and Wolf was just disciplined enough to get the three breaks of serve he needed, served well enough to get the job done. Can Sox stay that disciplined from start to finish? I'm going to bet on the answer to this question being yes, just given the scene, given that, again, at his two last advantageous slams, third round U.S. Open, third round Wimbledon, I think Sock pulls off this upset. And at plus 160, we get a little value there. Hopefully he wins the first set. Schwartzman becomes an underdog going into set number two. You can bet him then if you're betting alive. And then you've got plus odds on both players. You can kick your feet up and simply enjoy the match. But I am going to make that an ace of the day. Sock plus 160, just half a unit on that to win 0.8. But those round out are five aces on the day. Now, let's quickly go through the rest of the board because, again, 64 matches to choose from. What else is there to look at? Some of the interesting money lines. I think Radakanu's backhand's the biggest weapon on the court, so her minus 155 over Alize Cornet. I can accept that, although that match just has a grind in over three and a half sets, which, by the way, the odds on that match going over three and a half sets plus 125, not a bad wager. That would be my favorite bet if you're going to bet that match. I think Kennan's back. She looked really good in Cleveland. Niemeyer has weapons, but, you know, Kennan's going to get the ball out of her strike zone, so Kennan minus 140. I see value there. Sung. The former World Junior number two, minus 125 over Popperin. Popperin's just played very poorly this year. Lauren Davis, minus 120 over Bronzetti. The dogs I like. Gombos, plus 130 over Ramos Vanolas because of the surface. Johnson, plus 170 over Grigor. That just feels like a Steve Johnson win sort of match. The long shot, the power tennis of Kruger against Vika Azarenka. Plus 650 is intriguing. I wouldn't bet it, but it is intriguing. In terms of the matches, I could see going the distance. Look, Clara Tawson looked healthy. She was hitting the ball decisively, even in losing a straight set match to Alize Cornet in Cleveland. Garbine Muguruza has just played extraordinarily poorly. That said, has Tawson played well enough to be a definitive favorite? Well, the odds on that match are both minus 110, so it's a pick 'em. I think that match goes over three sets, plus 120. I see that going the distance. Naskova gets a second shot at Buzkova. Buzkova beat her in straights in Prague, but was a 7 6 first set, plus 150 on that match going over. Good contract of styles. All power tennis in Ostapenko versus Chin Wen, plus 120 for that match to go over three sets. You know, some other ones, Kanepi Martinsova, Fruvertova versus Wang Shin Yu, Potapova Lu is a really fun match to go the distance. There's a lot of fun women's matches on the board. On the men's side, you know, Hercots versus Ota. If Oscar Ota serves well, Serves that Hubi Hercot's forehand. He could take a breaker. Absolutely, that match could go four sets. Who knows with the big serving lefty, Hustler taking on the always erratic Shapovalov. Tiafo Giron has four sets written all over that, although I would lean Francis in that match. And then, you know, again, Quans Verdascos of the world, Gasquet Daniels of the world, Eubanks Martinez, not the highest profile matches. I do expect all of the top seeds to advance rather comfortably. You know, you're looking at like Iga minus six and a half games, Nori minus eight and a half games over pair, which honestly at minus 160, why not? 
Alcaraz minus eight and a half games over Baez. Rublev minus seven and a half games over Juro. That's just a lot of games for the top seeds. They're heavy favorites for reasons, uh, though. I think they all advance comfortably. Pagula, it's just too many games, but at minus four and a half, excuse me, too much juice at minus 205. I think Pagula is going to get to the round of 16 pretty comfortably. So, you know, those are some of the top seeds I'm looking for. I think tomorrow will be a more stable day for the top seeds, certainly, than day one was with Halep and Kasakina going down. But if you want to hear about day one's results, day one's results, good grammar, go to the Mini Break Podcast feed or our website, crackrackets.com, to find that Mini Break Podcast where we'll be recapping every day's action. Of course, head on over uh, to Twitter as well for the instant updates at Crack Rackets, at A.L. Gruskin. A shout-out to our friends at DraftKings. We welcome their support back to this show and, of course, to learn more and how you can get making picks and putting money in your pocket, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use our promo code AOD. That's short for ace of the day. AOD, when you make your first bet, bet $1, get $100 in free bets. Again, your day two aces of the day. Sasnovich, minus three and a half games, minus 135, 1.35 units to win one. Pliskova, minus three and a half games over Lynette, minus 110, 1.1 units to win one. A Nakashima para game spread parlay, plus 185, half a unit to win 0.92. And then Mackey, minus four and a half over Sosa, minus 125, 1.25 to win one. And Sock as the underdog, plus 160 to knock off Schwartzman, half a unit to win point eight, Of course, a shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an any job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. With that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. And we hope you enjoy day two. Talk to you tomorrow. 